Welcome to the next best podcast. That's the worst name I ever heard. With your hosts, Chris Cashman. 24 years old, a former sheet metal worker. Mr. America and twice Mr. Universe. And Chris Daniels. Time Magazine even named him Person of the Century. Now, from the CNC Podcast Factory, here's the next best podcast. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends, followers, even sworn enemies. This is the next best podcast. Why? What have you heard? It's right there in the title. We Look, we don't need to argue over this. We're happy you're here. We apologize for our week away. Yes, we missed a show last week, and I could give you a great excuse, but I like to start relationships with honesty. And the honest truth is... We were Super Bowl tired, so we simply took a week off. A special edition of the show this week because we are Chris's crossing the globe. I am here at the CNC Podcast Studio, and by that I mean in my coat closet at home. Those are my hangers. Coming to you from this special remote location this week because Chris Daniels is across the globe, across the ocean in the Dominican Republic where baseball season is in full swing. We will check in with him from the Mariners Academy. Very cool opportunity to check in with Chris. And we do realize we are a relatively new podcast, but we hope that you'll become one of our platinum certified fans and followers on Instagram at nextbestpod, on Twitter at nextbestpod as well. And our certified platinum fans and followers, the perks are incredible. You got a Chris and Chris tote bag, a commemorative photo of that tote bag. Just one of the many perks you'll receive if you become one of our loyal followers. Not available in all areas. See dealer for details on approval of credit. Now let's get down to business. Coming up today on the show, the super big game termed Crime Caper. The actual Texas Rangers are on the case looking for Tom Brady's missing jersey. So if it shows up on eBay somewhere, someone let me know. It seems ridiculous, but there are hundreds of thousands of reasons why. What can you do? And we will go right to the top of the food chain here and hear from ESPN's NFL professor, John Clayton, spoke with me. He was at the game. Now from historic to meteoric, a meteoric after party. We will talk about that. Yeah, you know, there was a real meteor right after the game. Exploded in the sky. We will talk to a friend who says he was almost hit by a piece. And an NBA Hall of Famer returns to Seattle and refuses to retire his jersey. Not in Oklahoma City anyways. And of course, a new development in the ongoing Soto Arena project. Our Sonics Bureau Chief, Chris Daniels, is on the case. And as mentioned, Mariners baseball in the Dominican Republic. Plus, quite possibly, the very best, worst movie of all time, Part 5. It's official. Can't just wait here and wish Shark the ring down on Mr. Announcer, we're ready when you are. Now, it's the Fast Five. Five, five. Well, according to the ratings, every single person was watching that historic comeback win for the Patriots in the super big game. Tom Brady winning his fifth straight ring, but losing his jersey. Well, I don't, yeah, no, I didn't, the jersey, yeah, I put it in my bag and then I came out and it wasn't there anymore, so. News breaking shortly after the game that Tom Brady's number 12 jersey, the game-worn jersey, was mysteriously missing from his locker. He says he knows exactly where he put it. It was in his duffel bag, and somehow it was taken. What can you do? I'll take the ring, and 
That's good enough for me. They are taking this perhaps a bit too seriously because this is a historic win. Nobody's ever won five like Tom Brady. They're saying that this jersey could be worth upwards of half a million dollars. So if it shows up on eBay somewhere, someone let me know. But why dwell on that when we could dwell on Deflategate? Remember that? Yeah, we've put that behind us officially. And if you don't believe me, just ask Tom Brady's dad, who says, check the score. We've got more. I think we all have our feelings about the fight game. And, and there's no sense of carrying it on anymore. Uh, we've carried it on long enough. It's, it's uh, you know, all you got to look at do is look at the scoreboard and everything's good. And that's a great lesson for you kids. Remember, the only thing that matters is winning. And perhaps the best sound from the super big game. You know, we're not allowed to really say it, right? I mean, we could, but it's trademarked, and there's certain people who might come after us, and, well, I got some parking tickets I haven't taken care of, so we're going to play it safe for now. Perhaps the best sound from the super big game came from Coach Bill Belichick. During the celebration parade, decided to try to lead fans in, well, the lamest chant of all time. They came to work every day. Not only did not many of the players follow him in that chant, but uh, a bit ironic that he was trying to lead that chant in front of a massive crowd of people who were all taking the day off, coach. Now, in his defense, that was not his first choice for a chant. I have uh, obtained an exclusive copy right here of Coach Bill Belichick's other potential chants that include don't forget to floss. Don't forget to floss. Don't forget to floss. Apparently that one did not make it past the focus group. He was also considering reduce, reuse, recycle. Reduce, reuse, recycle. Yeah, well, they can't all be winners. We thought we would get a take on the game from an expert, a guy who's paid to give his analysis, ESPN's NFL professor, John Clayton, kind enough to talk to me about what it was like at the game. That Super Bowl was highly unusual. You were actually there. What was it like from your perspective? It was incredible. I mean, you see the best quarterback in the history of the game doing the best comeback in Super Bowl history with the best coach, general manager, you know, ever, putting everything together, and you just say, oh, this thing's over. Well, maybe not. Oh, maybe not. Uh-oh, look at this. They're coming back. Right. This is incredible. Okay, Kyle Shanahan just run the ball. No, he passes. It's like they, they should when they when Art Spander took the uh, backpack that he had with his game plan, he should have kept it. <laughs> a lot of people, of course, sourced Seattle leading up to the game. They talked a lot about the Seattle Patriots matchup. As soon as this game was over, they immediately started talking about Seattle again, trying to decide whether this was a more painful and embarrassing loss than the Seahawks' infamous pass on the one-yard line. What say you? I'd say right now you have to say Atlanta yeah. because, I mean, you have a 25-point lead. 
you stop running the ball, you go from man on defense to, to zone. I mean, what are you doing? You're sitting in field goal range with an eight-point lead. You get the field goal, take the field goal with the Pro Bowl kicker, Matt Bryant, you win. I mean, Tom Brady came back from 25 points. He wasn't going to come back from an 11-point deficit with that amount of time. So it's like it hurts more in Atlanta, but it still hurts in Seattle. It's crazy to see a celebration like they had where uh, Bilicek tried to get the crowd to chant no days off, which I noticed the players were not as enthusiastic about. <laughs> but uh, do, you, do you find it hard to, to almost pity Atlanta? I couldn't help but feel bad for that city, for the fan base, for so many of us in Seattle. We tasted that after the Seahawks went down, came so close. But to watch this one literally get ripped out of their hands... Do you find yourself actually taking pity on Atlanta? Yeah, you do. In fact, think about how many times the Braves, you know, either lost a chance to win a championship. All those times they went to the series or they won the uh, championship games and lost all this. But this just tears you apart because it was right there. It was taken away from you. You feel bad for Dan Quinn. You feel bad for Matty Ice, Matt Ryan. I mean, Kyle Shanahan, you look at and you go, what are you doing? Just run the ball. It's very early. It's the offseason. You deserve a rest. But if I were to ask you, who do you see in the Super Bowl next year, who would you say? Well, there's going to be two vacancies because it's hard to repeat going back if you lose a Super Bowl. That's what Carolina finds finds out. That's what Atlanta's going to find out. So you have to find a new team in the NFC. I mean, it could be Green Bay. It could be Seattle. Uh, those are, I think, the two main candidates. Then you look over in the AFC. I think New England takes a step back. That could give Pittsburgh the best chance, outside chance of Kansas City and maybe Oakland. Now talk about a colorful after party just hours after the Patriots rose from relative obscurity to become world champions. The world found itself to be in the path of a meteor. If you slept right through Monday, you probably missed it. Jim Wilkerson, a fellow who splits time here in Washington State and in Wisconsin, he is a great storyteller, and he actually read the news, those stories, yeah, for CNN way back when. He was a firsthand witness to the meteor above Wisconsin, and he nearly caught a piece in his lap. Jim, walk us through Sunday night. Hey, Chris, this was incredible. And I'm not talking about just a football game, because it's getting... we know the football game was incredible. But I'm sitting there, I had recorded it, because I always record, I don't like commercials, even during Super Bowl. So I'm watching the end of the game, it's all over. It's about midnight here in Wisconsin, and I'm looking at this thing, how the heck did they blow a 25-point lead? My kid lives in Atlanta, and they're crying the blues. And I'm just sitting there watching, it's about midnight in Wisconsin. And, and all this incredible flash of light right outside my window. And just unbelievable, because it's a dark neighborhood. So I ran to the window, I looked out, and there's this arc of fire going across the, the, the real low to the ground. Just, it's unbelievable. I what the hell? So I thought a power line came down. First thing I thought, and, but there is no power line outside. And then I thought, well, maybe somebody's got some hand rockets, you know, for the 4th of July. And they were doing Lady Gaga stuff out there. And so, you know, I went out and I looked and there's nothing there. There's no car. There's no nothing. I went into Diane who was in bed at this time. And I said, Diane, did you see Did you see anything? No. She, you know, I thought out. Her window was closed and shades were drawn. I said, this is the, I remember the quote exactly. This, 
this is, I told her about it, I said, this is the strangest thing I have ever seen in my life. So I went back into the chair, I went out again, and I looked to see if I could find a piece of cardboard where there might be a shooting star, some kind of toy, you know, fireworks, something or other, but there was nothing. And I thought, so I, I went to bed and thinking, what the hell was that? So I get up in the morning, and Diane's already up, and she says, well, mystery solved. I've just been watching TV. This huge meteor came over Wisconsin last night and blew up over Wisconsin, and the pieces, you know, most of it fell into the into Lake Michigan, which we are right next door to, and uh, I, I saw a meteorite. I saw, well, you know, there are meteorites after they hit the ground. So what I saw was a piece of a little piece of this meteor, like seven yards away from me, out on the sidewalk, and when it bounced off the sidewalk, it made this fiery arc, which is about 10 yards long, looping about five feet off the ground. So uh, I think not many people get to see that in their life. It's kind of exciting. I know that was more exciting than watching 25 points. Anyway, it was, uh, it was cool. Well, I was lucky enough to attend the Washington Sports Star of the Year Awards earlier this week. Gary Payton, the glove, the Hall of Famer, back in Seattle. He was honored with a Legends Award. The Hall of Famer really deserves, don't you think, to see his jersey hanging in the rafters? They unofficially retired his jersey hanging from the rafters at the Paramount Theater. That is, until we have our own arena. More on that in a moment. Gary did fire up Sonics fans when he announced that he would not be going to Oklahoma to retire his jersey. And interesting timing as the Sonics were back in the news again. The Sonics Soto Arena deal continues to simmer. That arena group, including Russell Wilson, back at it. Once again, making a push to vacate a critical road. The unofficial and official Sonics Bureau Chief, Chris Daniels, reacting all the way from the Dominican Republic, Chris. Well, let me tell you about the street vacation. I started hearing things, yes, while I was in the Dominican Republic about Chris Hansen's group refiling their street vacation petition to vacate that one-block stretch of Occidental Avenue North or Occidental Avenue South in Seattle. That's the piece of land they tried to get vacated last year for their arena project down in Soto. The, as you know, Chris, the Seattle City Council voted five to four to reject that petition. Uh, some of the council members said they had concerns about public financing. Well, after all of these months now, uh, the group has come back and said, hey, we'll privately finance this arena. We won't break ground unless we acquire a team. Just grant us this street vacation. And so they've gone forward and filed that petition. It's going to take 60 days for the city to review. And really interesting timing on that because the city is also exploring a renovation of Key Arena. And the bids on that are due by April the 12th. So potentially April could be a very busy month for the Key Arena process and for the Seattle Arena process. And kind of lurking in the background is whether the NBA or the NHL wants to make any sort of commitment to Seattle. We haven't seen that quite yet. But as that basketball turns or as that puck goes down the ice, it's another development and a story now that has 10 years of legs in Seattle. Two, two, two. 
Now, as mentioned, we are Chris's Crossing the Globe today. I'm here in Seattle, and Chris Daniels is there in the Dominican Republic, where it looks like you've had a great week with the Mariners Academy. The Seattle Mariners franchise has made a tremendous investment in that island southeast of Cuba. I think a lot of people know that the Dominican Republic is a hotbed for baseball, but it's also the home of Robinson Cano, Nelson Cruz, and a Mariners Academy. We had a rare look this week at the Academy, which has been in place now since 2014. If you want to put sound up from the Videolicious I did. That Academy houses almost 70 different athletes, but really the big thing here is that a lot of kids don't get a solid education down in the Dominican Republic, especially in the high school years. We noticed in our time that kids of a certain age in the teens seem to be kind of walking around the streets, don't really have a school to go to. I think everybody that we talk to in the Dominican fully admits that their education system is lacking sometimes. Uh, in, in some cities, the younger kids go in the morning, the older kids go in the afternoon, or vice versa, that there's a, a shortage of teachers down there and the education level isn't very high. So what the Mariners have done at this academy is they, they bring in these kids, yes, they sign them, uh, and get them in there. There's dorms, three meals a day, uh, and an education. So the, the kids, the boys are playing 16 to 19 years old, a lot of them. Uh, in the morning, going through uh, the life of a professional, so to speak, learning uh, how to hit, how to field, getting uh, the, the coaching from 15 different coaches we saw on site. And then in the afternoon, they go in for English computer classes and work towards their high school equivalency. So uh, we were told by the Mariners seven different players this year took enough classes to get their GED equivalent in the Dominican Republic, and so they're going to have a high school graduation ceremony. There are a lot of stories uh, that we found uh, just in a few days between the academy, between what Robinson Cano is doing and what Nelson Cruz is doing. We spent uh, a full day with the guy that everybody affectionately calls Nelly in his town about 20 miles from the Haitian border, and you're going to be hearing about that in the days and weeks to come on King 5. Really, uh, just uh, an amazing experience in the Dominican Republic, Chris. Flood, flood, flood. Yeah, we've had snow and then flooding in Seattle. Uh, not quite a Sharknado, but that's coming yet again this summer. We're going to throw bombs into the tornado. It's too dangerous. Too many of them. We're going to need a bigger chopper. Yeah, it started in 2013 when we were hit with the first Sharknado, then Sharknado 2, the second one. Sharknado 3, oh hell no. Sharknado 4, the fourth awakens. They somehow avoided being sued for that one. And it's official. They have announced it. Sharknado 5. It will be out this summer. And don't worry, they've got all the original cast, all your favorite stars, like the one, the blonde girl from the from the teen movies and the guy from uh, 90210. Yeah, they're all going to be a part of it again. But a Seattle man is not only excited for the movie, he's on a social media mission to be in the movie. And he wants your help. Hey, Chris, this is Jake Marvick. Hey, I just wanted to talk to you briefly about how excited I am that Sci-Fi Network announced they're going to make a Sharknado 5. Now, the first four films just blew up. I mean, people just people just eat that stuff up, man. Sharks flying through the air, attacking people, and, you know, 
and somebody's there to help save the day every single time, and they're going to do it for a fifth time. So what I decided that I want to try to do is try to get a walk-on role in Sharknado 5. How am I going to make that happen? Well, today I decided I'm going to start an online campaign. I created a Twitter page today. Uh, people can follow me at Sharknado Jake on Twitter. And if anybody has any ideas of how to help spread this as wide as possible, make this thing go viral, they can email me at sharknadojake at gmail.com. You know what? Let's just see what we can do. Let's see if we can have some fun with this, all right? Hey, I appreciate you helping me spread the word, man. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Now, there is a lot we did not get to this week, Chris. We will make good when you're back in Seattle. Domino's now has a wedding registry. A high school kid scored 92 points in his basketball game. I'll tell you what, you know how you get that good? But before we go, perhaps the most important segment of the show. Now, the next best podcast presents Alternative Facts. After just three episodes, the next best podcast is already the number one podcast on iTunes. Oh, and one more here. They're just handing me one. Breaking news. This alternative fact, the more you scratch and pick at it, the faster it will heal. That'll do it for us this week. Thank you so much for joining us. Please subscribe, tell your friends, and David, tell them where to find us online. On Twitter and Instagram at NextBestPod. And if you would like a chance to get our autographs to meet Chris and Chris in person, watch us do the podcast live, we would be very surprised. 